Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are the Bride Radio is the voice of the true Bride of Christ. TV radio seeks to inform and engage the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATB Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Second Chronicles, chapter 11. Now, we did 11. We're on 12. Second Chronicles chapter 12, okay? So, this whole book has been amazing, Brad. Let me turn the camera a little bit. Just a little bit. There we go. Uh, this whole book has been amazing because we're studying the kings. And we've studied how Solomon built the temple and how he honored David and how David... Um, knew that because of his sin, he could not build the temple, but he still built the things for the temple because he was very excited about it. And then we learned about Solomon's life, and then we learned about yesterday when Solomon died, and then his son Rehoboam took over the temple, and that's where we're at now. So let's continue with Second Chronicles chapter 12, and let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this beautiful morning, Lord. We thank you for teaching us in your word continually. Thank you, Lord, for uh, helping us to have a revelation of what is happening back in those days and how it is relevant for the hour of today. Thank you, Lord, that you continually show us in your word how you do not mix. You... Uh, expect your people, even to, in today's times, to come out from among them. Be ye separate. You do not mix religions. You do not mix with the unclean thing. 
And you're showing us that, Lord, even in the Old Testament, how you was about judgment and how you was about the Israelites. And it's the same way as today. So, Holy Spirit, have your way and speak to us today and help us have ears to hear in this hour, Lord, because your word says that even in the last days, even the very elect may be deceived, Lord. And we're in such a time uh, that the deceit is so rampant, Lord. So please help your people to see the truth in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 12. And good morning, everybody. All right, y'all know that I, I use the King James Version. So here we go. Second Chronicles 12. And it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom his son himself and forsook the law of the Lord what? and all Israel with him. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord with 1,200 chariots and threescore thousand horsemen. Pause. What did we talk about yesterday, Brian? What did we talk about? When we keep ourselves right with the Lord, there's a bubble around us, a bubble of protection, his hand or whatever. But when we sin, when we partner with the unclean thing, when we partner with idols, God just does this. He just pulls his hand back. He cannot be a part of that mess. So that is what he's saying when he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him, that it came to pass that in the fifth year, the enemy came against them. Why did the enemy come against them? Why did the enemy come over into their country? Because their country had forsook the Lord. They forsook God's ordinances, God's uh, requirements, God's... Uh, expectations of them. They forsook it. That is the reason the door was opened. We've seen this time and time again in every Bible study just about. Every Bible study that God has given me since I have been in this cabin has been to confirm that God does not do this. Everyone. He does not touch the unclean thing. He does not partner with other religions. He does not partner with idols. He does not partner with pride. He does not. So we're seeing this again. This is verse 2. Let's continue. The number that came with him out of Egypt, the Luvims, the Sukhims, and the Ethiopians. And he took the fenced cities which pertained to Judah and came to Jerusalem. Then came Shemaiah the prophet to Rehoboam and to the princes of Judah that were gathered together to Jerusalem because of Shishak, and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, He hath forsaken me, and therefore have I also left you in the hand of Shishak. Bam! In your face, devil! Right there. This is God. A true prophet warns. A true prophet warns. It... it prepares you uh, for the it tells you the heart of God it protects the image of God that's a true prophet this prophet came to him and what did they say the true prophet said let me go down here okay thus saith the Lord you have forsaken me what 
that's judging. That, that's, this is how people would describe you today. When you tell people the error of their ways, when you tell the what they're doing is wrong, you are judging. <laughs> or, or you know the culture. Or when you when you expose what's happening in the culture that goes against God, you are judging. You are the evil one, basically. But look what the prophets said. You have forsaken me, and therefore, this is God telling him through a prophet. You have forsaken me, therefore I have left you into the enemy's hand. Now, Bride, remember when I told you the story of the prophet that came to my door in Washington, D.C. Remember I told you God gives me dreams where he walks in my dream and he rebukes me. He, that's how I get chastised. You know, I do get the little nudgings of the Holy Spirit. You know, you need to repent or whatnot, whatnot. But serious rebuke and chastising, the Lord will walk in my dreams. He will come to me, and he will tell me. So he did in this incident where, you know, y'all know I've been single 19 years, and I met this man I really liked. He was a pastor and national leader. I thought he was of quality for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he fit the perfect bill. And so I went head over for this man. You know, and this is, Brian, what's so sad about this is this is the first time in years I even talked to a man. And so I fell hard for him, and then the Lord rebuked me, came to me in a dream and said, No, 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 you are not allowed to have this man. So I wake up the next morning, I tell the man, I'm sorry, the Lord said I can't be with you. He's like, Okay, I respect you. So a week rolls by, I get to missing him because of me uh, liking him. It opened up all these feelings that as women that are single, we bury them. And all of it came to the surface. Boy, I was running around the house dancing and this joy come on me and all this stuff, you know. And so I called him a week later and I said, Oh, I feel terrible because I miss you so bad. And he's like, me too, let's just be friends. So I start talking to him again. Three days later, the Lord comes to me in a dream again. He said, I said no. He rebuked me again. So the next morning, I texted him. And I said, I am sorry. The Lord came to me in a dream and told me I cannot be with you. So uh, he said he is jealous for me and he will not. And so the man starts crying. No, I'm in love with you. We can't do this. And so uh, I said, all right. So he said, let's just be friends. I said, okay, we'll be friends. We'll compromise and be friends. Three days later, I get a knock on the door. I go to the door, and there's a man standing there. He was a prophet. Now, God had already dealt with me twice and told me to stop. When God sends you a prophet, that's it, baby. You either surrender to God or else. So he looks at me and he goes, Thus saith the Lord, let that man go. I mean, just serious as I'll get out. So immediately, instead of me justifying my sin or me getting this rebelliousness in my heart, I immediately threw my hands up and said, I repent. I said, 
Lord, I need you to take this out of my heart because the only way I could describe it was there was a sting. I had a sting in my heart that kept me drawing to this man. And I didn't know what it was, so I threw my hands at him and said, Lord, I repent. Because I knew in my heart, I knew what God was saying. If you do not obey me, daughter, you will lose your ministry and you will lose your destiny over my going off the path. You see what I mean? Like getting in disobedience. I knew that if I continued to go down this road, that would be it. So I immediately asked the, pro the prophet, I said, pray for me. And he prayed for me. He goes, come out. And when he said that, bam, that thing left my heart and it was gone. And it has not been back since. This is why I tell people, these feelings are deceitful. Your heart is deceitful. You cannot go by your heart. Your heart will lie to you. Oh, I want this married man. Oh, I want this. I want this. No. Even if it looks good and he's single and you're single and you still want each other. If God says no, it's a flat no. God's word is true. So the only reason I shared that story <laughs> is to tell you that when I was in Washington, D.C. and God sent me a prophet and that prophet showed up out of that door and I've never seen this man before in my life and he shows up and says, Thus saith the Lord. I knew then God had warned me twice. If I didn't obey God this time, I would lose my ministry and everything having to do with it would be gone. You know, I've, this thing, not that it's about me, but at that time, you know, I had been in ministry full-time six years. Now it's almost seven years, okay? So I knew then, submit, obey, repent, get over it, you know? So when the prophet in the Bible, right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when the prophet came to Rehoboam, and said, Thus saith the Lord. If he did not obey that prophet, there would be a severe judgment come. And the same way with President Trump and anybody else out here. If God sends you a prophet and warns you and you don't obey, then God's hand is removed and there you go. So in verse 5, the prophet says, Thus saith the Lord. You have forsaken me. Therefore have I also left you in the hand of Shishak. Let's continue. Now we're in verse 6. Whereupon the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves, and they said, The Lord is righteous. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves. Therefore I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. Pause. Pause, pause, pause. That is true repentance. True repentance humbles themselves. They have to humble themselves. Because he says here, Wherefore the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves. And the Lord is righteous. That's what the Lord wants us to do with him. All this pride out here is not of God. In the kingdom we go low. In Satan's kingdom, you go high. Why? Because it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is, it's a God to yourself. Did you know that? You have the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is building yourself up, make your best life now. It's all about you, me, me, me. 
you know, that's this tree. You are great, you are mighty, you are this, you are that. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the tree of life is like this. The tree of life just means you got to die. It's less of you. All of these feelings that you have, which is why these Kanye services are so dangerous because it's all about feelings. We can't do the feelings. It has to be your submission to God goes beyond feelings. Like me with this man situation. My feelings wanted one thing. My heart wanted one thing. But, and it's the same way with food. This battle that we have with food. Our, our, our feelings are we want this. Our battle is we want this. But we have to tell. Remember I taught you the other day about the spirit being up here and your, your flesh right here, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And how your spirit has to be the one that rises up and squashes this. But in this new age Jesus, it's opposite. This new age Jesus says, it's all about you. The feelings are up here. Sin doesn't bother me anymore. And the spirit man just stays down here. It's uh, opposite. The whole kingdom is opposite. All right, let's continue. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. So he stopped it because they repented. They shall be his servants, that they may know my service, and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem, and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king's house. He took all. He carried away also the sheep. Oh, that is so sad. Instead of which, King Rehoboam made sheep. So sad. Let me pause here. Oh, that just makes me so sad. Because remember in the last Bible study when we talked about Solomon and when Solomon built the temple, he, he gave so much meticulous attention to the things in the temple. Remember, he, he had this made of gold and this was made by the best and this. And then to see that because they turned their back on God, the enemy came, they opened a door. Remember, we talked about the dome. They opened the door to the enemy. Then the enemy came in and just started taking and taking of what he had dedicated to the Lord. But going back a couple of verses, what did God say? Let me make sure I understood this principle right. In verse 7, And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, this is true repentance, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves. Therefore will I not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem. So what did God say? Well, okay, I do forgive them, but there's still, still consequences to their sin. This is like a father. There's still consequences. They open the door of the devil and they're still going to have consequences. He didn't just wipe their slate clean, did he, Brad? Did he, Brad? No. The nation, if we was to have a miracle and President Trump was to go up there and humble himself before God and repent and turn, with repentance comes a turning, and turn from our wicked ways, and not and come out of all this apostasy and all this stuff. If he was to do that, 
We still might have a little bit of judgment. We still may have to answer for some of the things that we did, but it wouldn't be as bad as what God had originally planned. That's what he's saying right here. Because in the next verse, in verse 8, Nevertheless, they shall be his service, servants. In other words, they're still going to be my children. That they may know my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. So, the sad thing is they still come in and took the gold and stuff out of the temple, which is, oh, it's just so sad. When you, when you read this and you celebrate the temple and what they did, it's so sad that their sin brought this in of destruction. All right, let's continue. Committed them to the hands of the chief of the guard that kept the entrance of the king's house. Now we're in verse 11. And when the king entered into the house of the Lord, the guard came and fetched them and brought them again into the guard chamber. And when he humbled himself, humbled. the wrath of the Lord turned from him that he would not destroy him altogether. Oh. Also in Judah, things went well. So King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. For Rehoboam was one and forty years old when he began to reign. And he reigned as seventeen years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah and Ammonitus. And he did evil, because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Mm. Now the acts of Rehoboam, first and last, are they not written in the book of Shemaiah the prophet, and of Edo the seer concerning genealogies? And there were wars between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. And Rehoboam slept with his fathers, and was buried in the city of David, and Abijah his son reigned Okay, so now we're about to learn about Abijah. We learned one thing today. Second Chronicles 13. Judgment's still going to come, but how much? In the 18th year of King Jeroboam began Abijah to reign over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. And Abijah set the battle in array with an army of valiant men of war, even 400,000 chosen men. Jeroboam also set the battle in array against him with 800,000 chosen men, being mighty men of valor. And Abijah stood up upon Mount Zemaraim, which is in Mount Ephraim, and said, Hear me, thou Jeroboam, and all Israel. Ought ye not to know? That the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him and to his sons by covenant of salt. Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, is risen up and hath rebelled against his Lord. And there are gathered unto they him called it men, out. the children of Belial, and have strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and tender-hearted. And could not withstand them. And now ye think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David? Wow. And ye be a great multitude? And there are with you golden calves which Jeroboam made you for gods? Oh, man. Have ye not cast out the priest of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and have made you priests after the manner of the nations of other lands? Wow. So that whosoever cometh to consecrate himself with a young bullock and seven rams... The same may be a priest of them that are no gods. Wow. What he is saying is definitely what is happening today. They have done away with the old 
you know, the old order. They did away with the righteous way that God wants it done. And they have replaced it with this new order, with these new calves and this new, I, I want to say this new Jesus, because that's what's being taught out here. It's not the original Jesus, because the original Jesus is holy. The original Jesus does not taint. The original Jesus does not partner with the unholy and does not excuse the unholy. But this is what they have done back then. Wow. And then it says, Have you not cast out the priest of the Lord, the sons of Aaron? Bride, that is such a serious offense because that is the order. The proper order of God is the Levites. We talked about this in these Bible studies. So let's continue. But as for us, Verse the Lord 10. is our God, and we have not forsaken him. And the priests which minister unto the Lord are the sons of Aaron. And the Levites wait upon their business. Bam! In your face, devil! Right there. Great principle for us to know. Great principle. Go to verse 10. It is exactly what we are facing today. Thank you, Jesus, because I have been a little disheartened this morning. I've already been chewed out by another minister. But anyway, this is, I needed to hear this because this insurmountable false Jesus that's being taught out there that is taking over the masses seems just so big. And it can weigh you down when you look at all the apostasy going on out here. But this encourages me in verse 10. But it says, but as for us, as for us, the Lord is our God. And we have not forsaken him. We have not forsaken the true God or the true laws. And the priests which minister unto the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites wait upon their business. So in other words, we are respecting God and the order and the way that he does things. In other words, he's holy. Let's continue. Lord, every morning and every evening burnt sacrifices and sweet incense. Verse 11. Showbread also set they in order upon the pure table they're doing everything the way God's precept says. burn every evening, for we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but ye have forsaken him. And behold, God himself is with us for our captain. Wow. So what he's saying is y'all can go off and do your apostasy. You can go off and do your own thing. God is not with you. He's forsaken you. But we will carry the charge of the Lord our God. In other words, just like I've been saying, we can't control what other people do, but we can control ourselves. His priests with sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you. O children of Israel, fight ye not against the Lord God of your fathers, for ye shall not prosper. But Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come about behind them. So they were before Judah. Wow. And the ambushment was behind them. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind. Ooh. And they cried unto the Lord. And the priests sounded with the trumpets. <laughs> Pause! Oh! Bam! Don't you feel it, bride, like you are right there in the middle of this battle. 
Oh my goodness, I am fired up because I am picturing myself right there. This is a war taking place. So you have, this This is what I believe is coming in the church today in our country is a battle of the true prophets and the false prophets. I believe that it's coming down the pike with the bell, the bell issue. But that's exactly what's happening here. Here, you have got the false prophets over here doing their thing, okay? You got the true prophets coming up on the scene, like picture them on horses coming up and saying, Stop! All of you are doing the abomination. You're doing the apostasy. God's not with you. All this is terrible. This is fake. And then, while they're over here confronting this, behind them, the enemy's coming in to take them out. So now the enemy's got them surrounded. And what? does the remnant do Brad what does the remnant do when they are surrounded by the enemy bam he cried out to God and blew the trumpet blew the shofar and said God you're our only way out we are surrounded by the enemy does this not fire you up Brad because God will always protect us we do not have to fear because look at verse 12. And behold, God himself is with us for our captain and his priests with sounding trumpets to cry alarm, which is what we're doing today when we're warning about the ecumenical movement and warning about all this apostasy. Crying alarm against you. O children of Israel. These are people that call themselves, you know, in our modern day times, Christians. O children of Israel, fight ye not against the Lord, your the Lord God of your fathers, for you will not prosper. But Jeroboam caused an ambush to come up behind them, so they were before Judah, and the ambush was behind them, so they were surrounded. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before, and the battle was behind. And they cried unto the Lord, which meant they looked straight up. They cried unto the Lord. And the priest sounded with the trumpets. In other words, blowing that holy sound, God, if you don't do something where your people are destroyed. Then the men of Judah gave a shout. Can you believe that in the middle of the battle? It looked like everything was... I, Lord, you are encouraging me today. I am shouting today. When I am surrounded by the enemy, I am shouting. That is what happened right here. And it came to pass... And it came to pass that God... Hallelujah. Smote Jeroboam. He took care of the behind... And then all Israel before Abijah and Judah. So God wiped them all out. What did they do in the midst of their battle when they were surrounded by the enemy? They looked up, cried unto God, blew the trumpet, and just shouted because God has to take it from here. That is what happened, Brad. This is exciting. Don't this encourage you to keep standing in the midst of the apostasy? All right, let's continue. And as the men of Judah shouted, 
it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hand. Wow. And Abijah and his people slew them with a great slaughter. So there fell down slain of Israel five hundred thousand chosen men. Wow. Thus the children of Israel. Isn't it sad that they all had to die? pursued after Jeroboam and took cities from him Bethel with the towns thereof and Jeshana with the towns thereof and Ephraim with the towns thereof neither did Jeroboam recover strength again in the days of Abijah and the Lord <gasps> struck him and he died oh waxed isn't that sad and married 14 wives and begat 20 and 2 sons and 16 daughters and the rest of the acts of Abijah and his ways and his sayings are written in the story of the prophet Edo. Wow. That guy fought against the Lord, didn't he? Okay, now we are on chapter 14, Second, Second Chronicles. Chronicles 14. So Abijah slept with his fathers. So there's another king and they gone. Him in the city of David, and Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Good, we have a good king. Break away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, and break down the images, and cut down the groves. What? And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers, and to do the law and the commandment. Pause. Pause, pause, pause. This king did right in the eyes of the Lord. And these, remember, this is your modern-day media. When you read the Bible and it's given the recorded chronicles is the modern-day media. We're reading like a newspaper of what happened back in those days. So this author is telling you that this was a good king. And then he tells you why he was a good king. Let's examine. I hate to have to be like a kid on this, but... Let's examine why was he a good king in God's eyes. Well, let's look here. Number one, took away the altars of the strange gods. That is what I've been saying about Kanye. The very thing that he has done has not been dealt with. This is how I know it. what he's doing is not real. You have to tear down that altar first thing. You have to tear down the gods in your life. And when you say you are God, that has got to be dealt with publicly. When you have confessed it publicly, God will make you address it publicly. And you will have to turn away from building up another God. You'll have to tear down those calves. So this king took away the altars of the strange gods. True repentance. You pull down those gods that you were involved with, and the high places. Remember, Bride, I taught you, when you're with Satan, he takes you to the high place. When Satan tempted Jesus, he took him to the high place. If you come to me, I will give you the kingdom. I will give you everything you want. And that's what he does with all these people. That's what he did with Kanye. So Kanye says, yes, I will sell my soul to the devil. So he's still up here at this high place. 
The only way he can come apart, come over to the good side is he has to let go of the high place. And what happens in Christianity? We have to go low. We've been reading even today, we have to humble ourselves. But for the good king, the way that the modern day media of those days described what a good king was, is they got rid of their idols. This is what I'm trying to tell you. These people that still have their idols, if you partner with them, you are latching on to that idol and you will receive the same judgment as they received from God. I taught you that on the judgments last year when I told you how does God judge? Why does he judge? What is his pattern of judgment? And blah, blah, blah. The pattern is everything that's attached to that vomit will receive the judgment of that vomit. This is the pattern of God because you have endorsed what they're doing. Okay, so when this became a good king, he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, which is the occult, okay, and broke down the images, okay, all references. The deal with Kanye that I was trying to tell y'all, him partnering with Jesus, partnering with this Yeezy brand, making all these millions off of this blasphemy, that would have to go first thing in the kingdom. Because it, it goes against God. It's an idol before God. And it's obvious as the day is long. So he broke down the images and cut down the groves. He cut off the enemy's plan. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers. And to do the law and the commandment. Also, in other words, he stayed in the right vein. He stayed in the uh, proper order of God. Remember, we talked about this with David and Solomon. And he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, the occult. Now, wouldn't that be, in Kanye's situation, wouldn't that be uh, the proper thing to do, tear down all the YouTube? So that when the people come over from Jesus, you know, the Christians, when all of these youth come over there, they're not seeing all of this blasphemy, upside down, cross, satanic, masonic imagery. It would be to tear down those idols. Okay? And the kingdom was quiet before him, which meant he had peace. Uh, during his reign and he built fenced cities in judah for the land had rest and he had no war in those years because the lord had given him rest the lord is the one that blesses us with rest let's continue also he took away out of all the cities of judah the Verse high places five. and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him and he built fenced cities in judah for the land had rest and he had no war in those years because the lord had given him rest isn't that amazing Therefore, he said unto judah let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers gates and bars while the land is yet before us because we have sought the lord our god we have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side. 
So they built and prospered. So they built and prospered. Why did they build and prosper? Because they included God. That is part of a judgment. That's one of the reasons why God judges when people quit including him. And bride, that's the same with everything in our lives. He wants us to give him the first of everything. He wants to be included. An army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000. And out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 204 score thousand. All these were mighty men of valor. And there came out against them Zerah, the Ethiopian, with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots, and came unto Maresha. Then Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha at Maresha. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God. He cried and asked God for help. And in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. So when the enemy come after them, that's all right, because we're going to be victorious and we're going to come out with the spoils, baby. And that's what happened. So amazing. Now we're on chapter 15. on to this bride in the word for a long season israel had been without the true god and that's what i submit is happening to us today this new age jesus is being taught out here is not the true god so let's continue but when they in their trouble did turn unto the lord god of israel and sought him he was found of them Yes, Lord. In those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Because they left and God nation out. was destroyed of nation and city of city. For God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak. 
for your work shall be rewarded. I receive that, Lord. I receive it. You know, I've told people for years, when we look at God's heart right now towards disobedience, that if you have a bunch of calamity in your life, sickness, calamity, chaos, just crazy things happening that you don't understand, something is off. So that is when we get on our face and we ask the Lord, where have I missed it? Have I, am I in disobedience about something? Did I open a door? And even in the Old Testament, as we're studying Second Chronicles, we're learning from the mistakes of these previous kings. When they disobeyed the Lord, when they quit honoring the correct order of God, that is when they opened up the gates to the enemy. It's their choice, and it's our choice. So when calamity comes, instead of just saying, the devil's doing this to me, the devil is attacking, the devil, the devil, the devil, it could be just plain and simple us because we've missed it somewhere. This is where the accountability has went off. This is why I'm encouraging you, Brad, just as we're studying this right now, when God is letting us know through this Bible study that when the children of Israel opened the door, that is when the chaos hit them. This king that we learned about in chapter 14, Asa, was the king that honored God. And what did he do when he repented? He tore down the idols, first thing. Got rid of all imagery, got rid of every statue, got rid of everything that would hurt God. And what did God do? Blessed him with pure peace. He had peace in his home, peace in his life, peace in his city. So I'm encouraging you that as we're learning this, if this is happening in your life, get on your face and ask God, what, what door did I open? And also, I told you this the other day, that sickness has a lot to do with disobedience sometimes too. Uh, you can be just getting so sick and then it looks like you're going to die because the devil wants to take you out. And then when you pray about it and ask God, where have I missed you? And then God says, I called you years ago, and I told you to give this up and give this up, and you would not do it. And then you have a choice there. You can say, I want to continue. I don't want to give that much to you. Remember all them years of battle I had with the Lord about surrendering? Oh, I just couldn't do it. He wanted too much. And that's why he still, I finally had to surrender which is the only reason I'm here today. Uh, but, and at the time when I surrendered, I was dying. It, and in the natural, it looked like I was dying of sickness. But as soon as I surrendered to God, and I quit everything, and I, I cut off the devil, I tore down the idols in my life, and I quit all that sin. When I did that and made the choice, of course, he gave me the grace to do it. You can't just change overnight, but he did. I made the choice to give it all over to him and said, you can have it all. When I did that, Brian, guess what? A supernatural thing happened. I was healed. My choice to be in God's obedience is what brought my healing. So all I'm saying to you is if you have chaos happening in your life, if you have sickness happening in your life, if you have a bunch of things that are just falling apart, ask God, have I missed it? And then God will tell you, well, I told you to do this and you refused. And then 
You may even be like me and say, Lord, I don't know how to be that woman. You tell me that you want me to do this, but I don't know how to be her. I don't know how to give up men. I don't know how to be uh, just trusting in you. I don't know how, you know, just tell I don't know how to live by faith and just trust that you're going to feed me out of the air. I mean, I just, I just don't know how to live by that much faith. And the Lord tells you, all I ask is you yield. I feel the presence of God over me so thick right now. Praise you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Uh, all I'm asking is that you surrender. Just surrender and just say yes. Renounce the past, renounce all that, and just say yes to me. And then God gives you the strength. And then years later, you look back and say, Oh my goodness, I can't believe I, I ever doubted you, Lord. I can't believe. I mean, all these years of you taking, you know, this is me now. All these years is going on seven years of your perfect uh, provision and your perfect uh, protection and taking care of me and being my husband and all the miracles that you've done over the past seven years all is from one decision and that decision is what brought my healing now i can't even believe i was ever that sick but i would hate to see where i would be right now if i would not have surrendered honestly all right let's continue with second chronicles and we're in we're almost finished today uh we're in chapter 15. and when asa heard these words and the prophecy of oded the prophet he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Pause, 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 pause. Okay, so the prophet, because it says here, and when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage. And put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. So when the prophet confronted him, he repented. And what did he do, bride? This is true repentance. Just like we learned with Asa. What happened as soon as he became king? He tore down the idols. He tore down the abomination. He got rid of all the occult images. And that is what he's saying. He heard the word of the prophet. He made a choice. I'm going to do right. And he tore it down. And then what did he do, Bride? He honored the order of the Lord. Which is what he says. And renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. This The porch was a part of the temple. It was a part of the order that God had set and the path of uh, redemption and healing. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So wow. This is so good today, Brad. We are learning so much about God's heart about repentance. God's heart about true repentance and God's heart about 
the relationship to sin, judgment, how God judges, how he feels about sin, how he feels about a nation, how he feels about us personally. And we're learning a lot through all these different kings. That's why I encourage you that Second Chronicles is the current day media of back in those days. All right, so let's continue. We're in Second Chronicles chapter 16. Verse 11. They had brought 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. That whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death. Wow. Whether small or great, whether man or woman. Wow. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is so profound, just that verse alone in verse 15, because it says, And all Judah rejoiced at the oath. And I'm sitting there, Brad, and I'm listening to this oath, and I'm like, uh... Did they really just say that to God? And they said, we will kill anyone who does not want to serve you. That's basically what they're saying. But because they have made this oath with God that they are wanting to give him everything, give their nation, because it says here they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. That whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel, which, Brad, I believe that these modern-day scribes put that in there to point out again the true God. Because we learned in a few verses back that they were going after a false God, just like this New Age Jesus is happening out here today. is a false God. So he says, That whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swore unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest. Why? Because they repented and they turned and the Lord gave them rest. All right, now we're on verse 16. Let's continue. And also concerning Makkah, the mother of Asa, the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. What? And Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burnt it at the brook Kidron. Wow. But the high places were not. Pause. Wow, wow, wow. And th this is even back in the Old Testament because we have to consider this bride especially in the days that we're going into with the mark of the beast and all this. Do you love the Lord more than you love anything or anyone, period? We're coming into a day when that may be more real than we could ever imagine. Because, bride, while they're keeping you distracted with all this, the world is still moving forward. 
I mean, this one world order, everything being set up, just like the Bible said, the Bible is the truth. This false evil kingdom is being set up out here. And they're already cloning. They're already artificial intelligence. They're already uh, holograms. I mean, just like the movies we used to saw in the days of old, it's already here. And when 5G kicks off in 2020 with the Internet of Things that I've been telling you about, that I learned about in London back in 2012 when I was in grad school, they said back then it was going to kick off in 2012. And what is the Internet of Things? Well, you got billions of chips, RFID, radio frequency identification device, chips, that are dormant all across the planet that have been strategically placed in this place, this place, this place, this place, this place, waiting for a time for the beast, the grid, to come alive. And that is what's getting ready to happen. I've been in the White House when they have had these meetings with 5G preparations. I have been in the State Department. I went up to an analyst. I went up to a scientist and asked him, can you tell me what is, in layman's terms, 5G? Because 5G is going to bring the beast alive. The Internet of Things, all these dormant chips are going to come alive, and then you haven't seen surveillance, Brad. You haven't seen anything yet. But all this is being set up while they're keeping everybody distracted. And then one day, a big disaster is going to happen. Everything's going to have to come together. Everybody's going to have to be chipped, blah, blah, blah. It's going to happen overnight. And many people that have been swallowed up with all of this junk are not going, they're just going to miss it. And so I was telling you something. What was it? The Internet of Things. The chip. I can't remember, bro. I had a flow of what I was telling you, but I can't think of what it is now. Um, well, if it helped me, Holy Spirit, if it comes back, I will take. But the point is, is that uh, this deal that's coming and the reason that they've kept you distracted is because they've got all of this that's being set up globally. When I was at the UN, I, I was sitting there like, this is the most terrible place. I do not want to be here. And I've, I asked the Lord, please don't ever put me in this place again. Please don't send me to New York. <laughs> please. I just don't even want anything to do with this, Lord. Please. It's like uh, the UN is the brain of the beast. The Capitol Hill is the belly of the beast. It's the perversion. It's where, you know, right there with Supreme Court, it's where all the laws take place that cause the perversion to be spewed out to the country through vomit. The White House is the mouth of the beast. The White House is what is the media that's being, you know, the propaganda that's being pushed out here. And then the UN is the actual brain of the beast. So they're all working together. This UN Global Agenda 2030 agenda partnered with Kanye West uh, doing his music to partner with this ecumenical movement, to partner with pulling everybody together through music. 
and it's all coming together. We think all this is something. Wait until 2020 comes. Wait until 5G comes to life. When 5G, oh, that's what I was going to tell you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. When I was at the meeting at the State Department, I went up to this scientist and I said, can you, some of my viewers are asking if I can get an official definition of what 5G is. And listen to what he said, Brian. It's very interesting. All right. He said, okay, you take the wireless generation. You take like your data that you have on your phones the wireless internet that comes to your phone. Uh, all of this is through the air. Okay, you've got the satellites and all this. You got the power lines. You get internet through the power lines. But you also have internet underground. You have DSL. You have cable. You have uh, your fiber optics. He said, when you went from generations 2G, 3G, and 4G, all they was is acceleration of speed. They just got faster and faster. But where 5G comes in, it's a revolution. Because you have the underground power of the internet and all of that, and you have the overground power of the wireless coming together in a perfect synergy. So this synergy is why there are so many different reports out there that it's so much power coming through the air that it would kill people right now. It's called latency is the term for it. So because they have not brought that down to human capacity to where they can go live and people not just fall over dead or die of cancer in five years, they have to figure out a way to get this much power reduced. You know, if if you think about the way you do videos, to you out there that do videos, you know that we can have a certain video file where the video is just perfect quality, but it's really heavy in the file size. You have to condense it down. But what happens when you condense a video down into the other formats, it causes it to where it's not as good. So what they're, picture the same thing with 5G. They're trying to figure out how they can keep this much quality without having to do so much condensing. When they get to a satisfied point, they will go live. And then when they go live, the beast is activated. The beast is activated. You will have all of these chips out here will just come to life like the highways will all be monitored. The interstates will all be monitored. I mean, everything is going to be, you know, chipped. Okay, so anyways, let's move forward here. Taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect. Verse 17. Days. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and vessels. And there was no more war unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. All right. Now we're on the last chapter for today, chapter 16. Second Chronicles 16. In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come into Asa, king of Judah. 
Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house, and said to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go, break thy league with Basha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened unto King Asa, and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. And they smote Aijan and Dan, and Abel-Maim, and all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass, when Basha heard it, that he left off building of Ramah, and let his work cease. Then Asa the king took all Judah, and they carried away the stones of Ramah, and the timber thereof, wherewith Basha was building. And he built therewith Geba and Mizpah. And at that time Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Wow, that is a big lesson for us, bride. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. After him being good all this time, uh, he turns around and does that. Wow. Because he says, uh, In the sixth and thirtieth year in the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. So in other words, he built up this army against Asa. But instead of Asa going to the Lord, he figured out how to do this on his own. And I, I'm being convicted while I'm sitting here because I, I can be found guilty of that too, trying to figure God out. And Lord, you're speaking to us today because we are coming in a day when we're going to feel so surrounded that we have got to learn to put our trust in you, Lord. And so forgive us right now, Lord, for not including you in our battles, not including you uh, in what's going on. So forgive us for that. And thank you for using your word to show us. But, Bride, I want to, something is still kind of bothering my spirit. I have to go back to chapter 15. Because it says, let's see here. In verse 16, and also concerning Meshach, the mother of Asa, the king. This is his mother. That's what I was saying. You have to love God more than you love your mother, your father, your wife, your kids, your wisdom. That He removed her from being queen. There was consequences to her sin. Because she had made an idol in a grove, and Asa cut down her idol. See, he dealt with the idols and stamped it and burned it at the brook Kidron. So he said, I am done with you, devil. I'm not going to have you build up this idol in our camp, no. But the high places were not taken out of Israel. In other words, he didn't get all of it. He left a little remnant, which to me this speaks of a compromise. Does this not speak in your heart of how we do things? We leave just a little bit and we compromise. So now let's see what that compromise, what the root of that did, because he didn't tear it all down. 
and he left just a little bit, I believe is the root to why this happened right here. Why he did not trust God in the next couple of verses. He thought he could do it on his own. See, that compromise partners with the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so anyways, let's continue here because he says that he did all these things on his own, but the prophet came to him and said, uh, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of your hand. In other words, God's protection is lifted. All right, let's continue here. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims at Verse 8. With very many chariots and horsemen, yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. Trusting in the Lord. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Yes, Lord. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth, thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer. put <gasps> him in a prison house. What? He was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. Wow. Boy, we can see that happening today with people get so mad at people telling the truth and people exposing. It's like they just want to throw you in jail and they just want to beat you, you know. That's how mad they get. But God's true prophets do that. God's true prophets, they expose and they cause you to want to become, want to come to God in repentance and want to deal with the issues. Because... When we don't put God in the scenario and put him in the situation, it opens up the door to the enemy. When we do not deal with the idols in the house, which is what I've been trying to tell you about Kanye, that's the main point of it that the evangelicals up here are not looking at is the idol worship. We have to tear down the idols in all the high places first. Because he has to be God Almighty in our life. He is holy. So let's continue here. And behold, the acts of Asa, first and last, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet <gasps> oh. until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physician. There we go again. What did I just tell you, Brian? When we have sickness, chaos, or calamity, the first thing we should go is to the Lord. What have I done, Lord? Have I opened up a door? Lord, please heal me. Please forgive me. We have to go to the Lord first. It doesn't mean that we that doctors are not necessary or that we should not do that. It just means go to God first. And let him be a part of your life and a part of your scenario and a part of your problem. He is he just wants to be involved. This is a good lesson for us. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and first. Oh no. Affliction hit him, disease hit him, and he did not repent. See, bride judgment, this is a judgment that came to him. And he did not react on the judgment. You know, 
the judgment that God does to a country is to cause them to repent. It is a mercy. Judgment is mercy. Judgment, like I explained to you about the first half of tribulation, all of that is the mercy of God to get people to come back to God. To get people to see through their stupor because they have become so engulfed in culture and so involved in the apostasy and involved in the world that they cannot see the truth right in front of their face. So God says, okay, well, I'm going to send you two witnesses that are going to be a sign, miracle, and wonder in Jerusalem. They're going to spew fire out of their mouth and call down judgment. And if that does not turn you, I'm going to allow tornadoes and all this other chaos. If you will not turn to me in all this chaos, then I'm going to make you point blank have to choose me or Satan. I'm going to put a chip right in front of your face and say, you either renounce God and take this chip and become a part of the beast and become a part of us or else it is either or smack in your face. The first part of tribulation is the mercy of God so that all the people that have, are off in their stupor and off in their drunkenness of lust or the drunkenness of the beast or the drunkenness of the great whore, God allows all these other things to happen to smack them out of their stupor, smack them out of their, you know, their uh, justification. But if through all that they refuse to turn themselves over, they have turned themselves over to a reprobate mind. And they will take the chip. And then they will sell their soul to Satan. And he will set himself up in the third. I thought that was cool what I posted this morning. When I saw someone had wrote that, I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. We are the third temple. We are the temple. So Satan will come in your temple and then he will set him up as God inside of you and you will lose your soul. You will become empty shell because Satan has fully possessed you. So it is the mercy of God. Okay, so let's finish here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.